0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. I'm your host, Marcus Ginez, and today, guess what? I've got a lot to talk about, including Enter Digiton, Heart of Corruption, Get Hacked, Fully Loaded, Coochie, 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 coo. that's not the full title, it's just Coochie, whether or not I'm pronouncing that. Correctly, I don't know, but it is a, an Italian name, and me being Sicilian, I should know, except I'm Sicilian, not Italian. Button City, Skydrift Infinity, The Ascent, Lawn Mowing Simulator, and Anna's Quest. I'm gonna get right to it with Enter Digiton, which is a Metroidvania that is pretty ugly. And feels not that great. I had a pretty awful time with my time playing Enter Digiton. And I played all of these games on Xbox. Yes, 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 I did, I did, I did. I played all these on Xbox. And Enter Digiton just did not feel good. I hated the visual style. It has a retro aesthetic with a very minimal color palette. Not monochromatic, but... You'd go into these various environments, and they'd be very single-tone. So you'd go into a snowy level, and it would be very snowy. And it just it didn't look that great. And then mechanically, you have this shield, which you can use to block attacks or throw it at enemies to do damage against them. What I found annoying very early on, and this may not be the case for all enemies, but I was annoyed enough right away to not want to continue playing is that the enemies will fire projectiles at you. And these are homing projectiles that are very good at their job. They are some of the best homing projectiles I've ever come across. They are fast and they are relentless and they will get you immediately. You can't dodge out of the way. You can't do your little dash attack to get out of the way because they will just get you. They will get you every time. And the only way to defend against these would be to block them with your shield. But the shield works more like a parry than just a shield that you can hold up and block against attack. So you can't just hold your shield in front of you. If you press and hold the button that puts up your shield, Hill, your character, will put up the shield for a second, if even that, and then they'll put it away. And I don't like this mechanic, but also just, it felt like the amount of time that your shield would be up, that parry window, is very small. But what makes it worse and compounds all of the, the problems with it is that the projectiles, at least at these basic enemies I was fighting in the snow area, were spitting out at me. They come super fast at you. They just come like a friggin' racehorse out of these characters. I don't know if they were spitting them at me or they were shooting at me, what they were doing. And there's no real, unless I missed it, there's no real indicator as to when they will fire. So you just have to kind of assume or after they shoot the first one, you go off of a timer thing in your head, an internal clock saying, okay, every two seconds this thing will shoot. I don't know. But it became very frustrating, the dash ability, which allows you to dash in any direction and and, makes it so that you can reach higher platforms and the like. That feels okay. You can curve your dash so it's not just a strict line, not just dashing upward or left and right and so on. You can curve it once you've initiated the dash to get to platforms at an angle. That's fine, but it's just... Mechanically, the shield did not feel good to me whether it was the throwing of it and using it as a weapon or using it as a defensive tool. In both cases, I did not like using it, and that is your your main weapon and tool of defense. And then the enemies aren't interesting to look at. The the visual style in general, it's just not that enticing or eye-catching or in any way makes me want to keep playing it. The world is boring. The level design... Isn't great and there's just nothing about the game that can make up for its deficiencies in other aspects. If it looks really good, maybe I could put up with this or that. If it felt really good, I could definitely put up with the visuals. I don't I don't need great visuals. My favorite platformer is N N plus plus N plus all the end games. I love the end games. They are not lookers by any stretch of the imagination, but I think the aesthetic they go for in the stick figure thing, they make it work. And Enter Digiton just doesn't have anything about it that works. So that was a bit of a disappointment. Get Packed Fully Loaded is one of those cooperative or single player get this menial task done in a certain amount of time and kooky things will happen because of physics and blah, blah, blah. So think Overcooked moving out, totally reliable delivery service, all those types of games. And this is one where you are packing houses up and putting them on delivery trucks, sending them away, and trying to do it all within a certain time limit. You'll be asked to pack certain objects for bonuses. You will have to, at times, avoid traffic, which in those levels, I felt very much like. I guess the app comparison would be Frogger because that is what this particular episode was making fun of or whatever. But that episode of Seinfeld where George is trying to maneuver the, I think it was a Frogger arcade cabinet uh, just to be extra cheeky. But uh, it reminds me of that particular episode when you're dealing with traffic because you don't want to get hit when you're carrying over furniture. But... My issue with the game looks fine, plays well enough. I had to stop myself there because I have an issue with the controls and the way things work that make it, I guess, more fun-y and silly, but not fun to play. And that is the fact that the controls are... Not on the same level, not to the degree of something like Quap and Octodad, where your limbs are just super crazy wild and it's real finicky controlling your characters. But you you control your arms and your hands independently. So you have, I think, maybe the triggers controlling one and the other. And the problem with this is that it can be really hard to... Make it so that you are grabbing what you want to grab. One of the things, or one of the mechanics in the game that is very important to making a lot of room in the truck before just sending it out for delivery or maneuvering and navigating a large piece of furniture through smaller spaces is packing them up in these boxes. Well, just, yeah, packing them up in boxes. And to do this, you have to hold an object with both hands and then you hold down one button or whatever and it will pack them into this nice tidy small box which if you don't get into the van within 15 seconds it'll explode out of the box but you know if it's in the van it magically won't explode out of the box and this has a cool down timer so you can't just abuse this system because it allows you to put a lot more stuff in the delivery truck cuz it it can no matter what the object is whether it's a giant bed or a fridge or a little potted plant it's going to fit in the same size box so the box will always be the same and it's a it's a small box it's the kind of box that you can hold yourself it's you know uh maybe two feet by two feet if that and it's just a real pain in the ass trying to get both your hands on an object at times, because it's just wild the way the limbs can move around and and move independently of your character. And then if you're trying to grab one object with one arm and another object with the other hand, it can be really finicky trying to make that happen, because it's just, it's a little bit too wild and all over the place and imprecise for the way i wanted to play the game i don't i don't find these games are i have a very limited experience with these games just because i don't have people to play with so i'm playing them all solo and i think certain ones work better in solo play while others don't moving out not moving out it's not is it moving out no it's not moving out is it The one where you're doing the... No, tools up, tools up, tools up. The one I talked about recently. I think that one is so well-suited for solo play. I really like that one a lot. And this, I think, would work really well for solo play, but the controls just get in the way because in other games, what you're fighting against is that time limit, these tasks, and the way in which the further you play in the more complicated the task get and the more steps you have to go through this may get to that point cuz i played maybe an hour or so but what it's really challenging you with is the controls you're fighting against the controls and the finicky physics based nature of them the octodad ish quap ish aspect of the controls i mean if you had to control your your legs independently that would be an absolute nightmare but just The fact that I don't feel like I have as much control over my character and my actions as I would like, it makes the playing of the game more frustrating for reasons I don't want it to be frustrating than I would like. I don't mind if it's frustrating or can get frustrating because I'm being overwhelmed with all these various tasks and things to do. But when it's the fact that just the sheer act of controlling my character is frustrating, that ends up being a disappointment. And because of that, I I didn't enjoy my time with Get Packed. I wanted to like it, but it's on the bottom tier for me in, in terms of games like that. It, it may work or, or be exactly what some people want, uh, especially playing co-op. And I, I do believe it has online co-op as well. But it may be exactly what certain people want because it's going to be silly and funny and you're just going to be ripping furniture off the wall and breaking it into pieces and just smashing things. You don't want to smash flowers and stuff like that and certain stuff because you'll you'll lose points. But it can get really crazy and silly, but it's just not. It's not working in single player. I don't think all that silliness works as well in solo play as it does in multiplayer then Coochie, C U C C C H I, is my favorite game of the week. And I bet you weren't expecting that because you probably have never heard of this game. I, I don't imagine a lot of people have heard of this, but it is an experience more than a game. It does have its gamey elements, more so than you might expect when I, I start talking about this, but it is a N interactive art experience that puts you through the paintings of Italian artist Enzo Cucci and his actual last name. There are only two C's. Well, there's the first C, the big C, but then it's C-U-C-C-H-I. And he is an artist I was unfamiliar with until playing this game. There are hints of Van Gogh in some of his work, and Van Gogh does make an appearance In the later bits of the game. But for the most part. You are just exploring these various paintings. And it's. It's a beautiful beautiful. Little game. That's maybe a half hour. In length total. So it's not going to take you a long time. And there is reason to replay levels. To get all the eyeballs. Which I believe unlock. Paintings you can look at in the gallery. But. It's just this interactive experience. That allows you to. Explore these paintings in a 3D space and see them from various angles and watch as the world and the paintings you're in chains as you're moving around the space. And it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing that I think should be in museums. I think this game should be in a museum alongside Enzo's works because it's a really cool way to experience someone's art. And I think the description of this game, I'm going to go to the Steam page, I think they, they make it sound like this could be a series, but yeah. So they call it, uh, or they say, Coochie is the first artist Archive created in the form of a video game. That's not really saying anything about it being a series, but I read that and I think to myself, man, I hope this developer, and it's a Fantastico studio, along with Julian Palacos I'm sorry about uh, butchering your name Julian Uh, even your first name I probably butchered Uh, my last name is butchered all the time so I I know what it's like but y'all Julian and Fantastico Studios I would be just ecstatic if you kept doing this with other artists Uh, I'm sure there's difficulty in terms of getting the rights and everything Uh, Coochie Uh, Enzo Cucci is still alive, so I don't know what kind of interactions they had with the artist himself, but it is just this beautiful, beautiful game that I may appreciate more than others because I am an artist, and it's, one, nice getting to learn of this artist in this way, uh, having this be my first experience. But the way they handle it is just very well done. There are gamey bits, like I said, where you're going through more maze-like sections and have to avoid these skulls who, if they hit you, they will take away one of your eyeballs in the form of damage. And these eyeballs are what you are collecting. There are 51, I believe, in the game. And by collecting the eyeballs, you unlock, like I said, the artwork in the gallery or whatever. And it's just, it's a beautiful game. Beautiful, beautiful game. I can't say much about it just because it's it's about exploring these paintings, this artwork. And if that sounds at all appealing to you, I highly recommend checking it out. How much is it again? Let me check. It is $8. So if you are a fan of art and the arts and want to have an interactive experience with some really beautiful, funky, out-there art, a lot of abstract art there, I highly, highly, highly recommend Coochie, which is, at the very least, on PC and Xbox. Not sure about other platforms, but I played on Xbox, and I had a wonderful time. Short time again, it's a, it's a short little experience, uh, a small amount of replayability, just in collecting all the eyeballs, but uh, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Then Button City is a game I was really looking forward to because it was so super, super cute. It was in that indie game showcase or whatever it was from the E3 indie event or whatever. And I don't like this game. It's very talky, which isn't terrible because the dialogue and all that is charming and cute Very cute. Have I said it's cute? Because it's cute. It's very Animal Crossing in terms of its vibe and chill factor and just overall feeling you get while playing. It's just very pleasant and charming and cute. Did I say cute? Because I don't know if I've emphasized that this is a very cute game with some beautiful pastel-y color palette things going on. It's just it's a very colorful, pretty game to look at, nice style, very sharp edges. I don't want to say it's polygonal, but the characters are are, are very pointy. And it, it looks good. It's just the the problem is playing it is not fun at all. I played it for maybe an hour and a half. And in that time, what I mostly did was just go back and forth between this character and that character, this area and that area, listening to a lot of dialogue, reading a lot of dialogue, that is, because the characters don't have any voice acting. And it became tedious pretty quickly, in part because your movement speed is slow, you can't run, you can't speed it up. And what makes everything even worse is that, yes... It's cute. It's charming. Did I say it's cute? Cause it's cute. But then the one mini-game I played, which is this thing about collecting fruit and taking it to a giant tree in the middle. It's an arcade game you play. Teams of four. You run into these three other animals. They're all animal creatures. And they're like, We need a fourth. And they're like, Hey, you need to take these tests. And then it's all cute and it's fun and silly and it's charming. And did I say it's cute? But then when you actually play that game, the game sucks. It's a fucking terrible minigame. It's not fun. It feels like shit. It looks like garbage. You have this adorable game on the outside and then you play this other game with these boring-looking robot things in this dull world. And I'm like, why? Why am I doing this? And it's just a real bummer. It's a real bummer because... I look at it, and I'm like, oh, this is so cute and charming. Did I say it's cute? Did I say it's charming? Because it's cute and charming. The problem is I just don't like playing it. And that, that is more important than anything else. For me, for others, they might not care. They might just like the, the cuteness and the charmingness and all that jazz and how pretty and colorful and warm and inviting it is. But for me, if I don't like playing it, it doesn't matter. That, that is king amongst everything else. Story, art, whatever, audio, none of it matters if I don't like playing it. And it, it's fine if I just find a game to be okay, then those other things can be important factors. But if I actively dislike it, and I actively dislike playing Button City, then it's just shit's creek. We're all screwed, and that's what Bun said. He is big old disappointment, just because I, I actively disliked playing it. Then Skydrift Infinity is a kart racer in the sky. I I don't know if there's another Skydrift game. I feel like there's a Sky something or other that was more traditional aerial combat arcade thing, but this is a kart racer where you're flying planes instead of driving cars and you're not locked to a plane or whatever so you still can go up and down to a degree and it's uh it's pretty good it is what it is i don't know if eventually they start adding more variety in terms of weapons but from what i played there's not a lot going on there you have mines Missiles, machine guns, an area of effect sort of shockwave blast, and then a heal and a shield, and I think that was it. So there's not a lot in terms of weapons and abilities to pick up. You can boost and, and gain boost by taking down other enemies or doing stunt-ish things, so flying low to the ground will increase your boost meter. And it's... It's just a it's a solid kart racer where you're flying. It feels good. The controls are responsive. When you need to get around tight controls, you push both analog sticks in that direction, and then you'll kite or whatever it's called where you basically are at like a 90-degree angle, so you're perpendicular to the, the ground, and that feels pretty good. So, yeah, I don't know. If you like kart racers, Skydrift and Infinity... Symphony? Skydrift Symphony? I can't wait to hear the music in a Symphony. No, Skydrift Infinity is well worth checking out. The controls are responsive, and that's important in any kind of racer. So it's got that going for it. Looks fine. Doesn't really stand out in any way. It doesn't have much style to it visually. But the the levels themselves are pretty fun to fly through. And it provides a decent challenge, uh, especially if you boost up the, the difficulty level. Uh, but you can drop it down and make it pretty easy. So I, th- I think it's good for all ages, all skill levels. And It's just a nice little game. Nothing too crazy, nothing too special. I think it has seven levels or areas that are comprised of six stages each. So there's... A decent amount of content there. Not that much. Uh The only thing I, I, I think about with this is that, one, it has online play. I tried playing it online. Nobody's playing it. There's no crossplay or anything like that. And when I played it at least, which was not indicative of when most people would be playing it, but when I tried playing it, it waited a few minutes, then threw me in the lobby by myself, and then just kept waiting, and no one ever showed up. I didn't even get one person who popped in, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm not waiting either. And they dropped or anything. Just no one at any point. So if you're looking to play it with randoms online, don't. Don't get it for that. Friends locally, that's the way to go. But yeah, solid little game. Then The Ascent is a twin-six shooter I think a lot of people know about because it's one of the bigger Game Pass games on the old Xbox. And it's it's good. I like it. It's reminiscent of Twin Six Shooters like Dead Nation and whatnot, where you have this traditionally arcadey gameplay thrown into a game that is a bit more meaty, has a fuller campaign, though it's also more aligned with stuff like Diablo in terms of its structure, because Dead Nation I think was very Level based, where you would be moving from level to level and have these intermission points that was more Left 4 Dead, I guess, but just a prolonged version of Left 4 Dead that was just a continuation from start to finish. And this is more open and has side quests and all these various storylines and has a story which you really don't need to care about. The story wasn't interesting at all, it didn't grab me in any way, and I started skipping it pretty quickly. But mechanically, it feels really good. You got a dodge roll. And then you have your twin sticking shooting action, which feels good. The enemies definitely get more challenging as soon as they can start shooting back at you. At the very beginning when you're fighting these mechanical beasts that can only rush at you and attack you with melee. Super easy. The first hour or so, which acts as a tutorial, is very easy and somewhat, not misleading... But you may be thinking to yourself, ooh, this is a easy-ass game. But the challenge amps up as soon as you are fighting against enemies who can fire back and will in large groups and and do so fairly accurately. But uh, it's never too challenging. I only died once in my three hours or so with the game. And I really like it, though. I think it's a, a, a fun, twin-sticky shooter. It does the cyberpunk setting and all that very well. Because uh, this is set in a dystopian cyberpunk world where indentured servitude is a very prominent thing. Probably the majority of people are slaves in all but name, uh, yourself included. And it gets that setting, that vibe, that atmosphere done Perfectly. It looks fantastic. I think there may have been a performance hiccup here and there, but overall, it ran pretty well in playing on the Series X, and it just looks really freaking good. Looks, looks, looks so good. I was disappointed in the character customization because there are no beards, and one thing that I wish games would just do is change the terminology they use. Don't put it as gender, put it as sex. Male, female, sex, not gender. Just do that one change for me, please, games. Uh, But yeah, when I see gender, I'm like, can I be non-binary? Will you let me be non-binary? Of course you won't let me be non-binary. If you're you're putting gender there and it defaults to male or female, there's not going to be a non-binary option. Uh, Which is whatever, I guess. But I just wish they would change the terminology they use from gender to sex in those cases. But the character customization is lacking. You don't have a lot of hair options, no beard options, not many tattoos options. So that was disappointing. I guess it's because you're just going to end up changing all that or covering yourself up with the various armor you collect as you start playing and headgear and whatnot. But it still would have been nice to at least have a beard or some kind of facial hair. I don't know if games should be allowed to have character customization without beard customization included, facial hair customization. If I can't adjust the facial here, then I don't want to play here. Anywho, uh, the Ascent is a good time, though. I, I find some of it mechanically, not mechanically problematic or annoying, but one of the systems I don't like is this shooting above or angling your shot above so there is a cover system and you can hide behind cover and then by using i believe the left trigger you will aim up and you'll aim over cover or a aim above at an angle so if somebody's on a higher platform you'll be able to shoot them i don't like this i think it adds one extra step one extra thought process to a twin six shooter that is from an isometric camera perspective It has this wrinkle that I don't like, that I don't want to think about, and that becomes more of a hindrance to me than something that I like to use as a strategy or anything like that. And then navigating the menus can be mildly annoying because you switch between them with the the bumpers. However, you can also switch between them with, I think it's both the analog stick and the D-pad, but I would use the D-pad. I I like using the D-pad, that is for navigating menus because of just the simplistic four directions and how they're very fixed there. And the left and right will also switch the tabs, which can sometimes be weird if I am navigating, say, the lore menu, and I'm certain subsections deep into a specific piece of lore, and I want to back out. So maybe I'd think that if I pressed left, I would back out instead of having to press the beep button, that they would both do the same thing. That's not the case. The left button will take me to the other tab, and I was just not used to that at that point. Uh, in three hours of play or whatever, I still was accidentally pressing that when I knew it would end up doing that, but my muscle memory wasn't there yet, so I, I just wish... That was a little different, but that is a very nitpicky thing uh to be annoyed by. Then but yeah, the ascent is good. Uh a very good, fun little time. But nothing like super special or anything. The the armor system seems weird and mildly hard to see how or or, or if you should switch to one or the other because it doesn't seem to be level-based, just trait-based and whatever the the numbers of the particular armor is. I didn't really see any level associated with armor or weapons or anything. And you can carry two weapons at a time in your loadout, that is, and switch between them. I think, before I move on to Lawn Mowing Simulator, I think one one of the design decisions that is very good uh, that they made in in terms of making it feel very good and not be frustrating or annoying in in unneeded ways is that there is no ammunition in the game. You don't have to worry about ammunition. You have unlimited ammunition no matter what your gun is and all you have to worry about is the clip size and then reloading. If you are shooting a gun... And you don't let go of the trigger, you'll just keep shooting blanks. Uh, but if you let go after depleting a clip of bullets, it'll automatically reload, or you can reload manually using the X button. So, just the fact that ammunition is not something you have to worry about goes a long way in making the gameplay feel good because it takes away an unneeded concern that would just be way more annoying than challenging or anything like that in a game like this. So I appreciate that decision. Now we're moving on uh, for real to lawn mowing simulator. Guess what? This is about as straightforward as you could expect. This is a lawn mowing simulator riding riding mowers only. No push mowers, whether they be gas-powered, electric-powered, or human-powered. None of those. Riding mowers only. And you're doing just that. You have your little career where you start off by your first tractor and then you go off to these various homes and you do the job. You have a certain amount of time to get it done and they'll say that they want it done at this height and then you just go about doing it. It's a nice, relaxing game. I liked it, but... It's not a game I will be coming back to, and it's obviously a very niche game. I think if you are interested in this, you already know it, and you probably maybe have already picked up the game, because I don't know who wants to play a game about mowing the lawn, outside of streamers who like to play games like this, and then the people who already know they're into these things. But it it works well, I mean, it's a game about mowing lawns, and guess what? That works. And it's just, it's just a nice, chill little thing because you need to make sure you're not going too fast or you'll overheat the engine and do damage to it. You don't want to go too slow. You, you have to make sure that you're paying attention to the, the level of the blades so that you are doing the proper cut for your particular job. And it's just, it's a lawn mowing simulator. The only thing that I'm a little bummed about is that I think, I, I guess it it shows you whether or not a game of this ilk is having a bit more fun with the concept or is just a pure simulator. And this is very much so a pure simulator. But I was thinking about it and I would have loved a campaign that started you off, say, as a little kid with a push mower. The kind that doesn't have an engine of any kind that isn't powered by gas or electricity, but just a regular push mower. And you start off mowing lawns in the neighborhood, you know, these small lawns, nothing too crazy. Uh, And then you you realize that while your friend Timmy wants to be an astronaut and your other friend Jimmy wants to be a doctor, you want to be a lawnmower. (laughs) A mower of lawns, that is. I mean, if you could be a lawnmower, if you could be a transformer, I'm sure you'd want to do that. But if it had a bit more fun with its campaign and a smidgen of story, I think that would go a long way in, I don't know, maybe getting other people to potentially be interested in the game. But as it stands, it is a pure lawn mowing simulator. And if that sounds appealing to you, go ahead and pick it up. I believe it is $30, so it's not a cheap game. And yeah. The one problem, too, is that visually and I'm playing on the Series X, is that this is something I would expect you'd be able to adjust on PC to make it so that this doesn't happen. But on the Series X at least, and I think, I don't know if it was called and optimized for this Series console or not, but you can maybe see grass 20 feet in front of you, and then the rest of it will pop in as you get to it. So it it is weird to be playing a game about mowing lawns where after 20 feet, the grass looks cut in the distance. But as you drive and get closer to it, then it will reveal itself as being uncut, uh, as it should be. So that's just a little weird and more noticeable in a game about mowing lawns than it would be in other games, probably, because... The focus of the game is grass and the cutting of grass. So when it looks like the grass has been cut in the distance, but then you keep driving and realize it hasn't been cut, it's a bit... It's a bit weird. And uh, just not, not right. <laughs> then uh, the last game is Anna's Quest, which is a point-and-click adventure where you're playing as Anna, who is living with her grandfather on this secluded farm in the forest. She knows nothing of the outside world. She's never been outside of the farm. And her grandfather gets sick, so she wants to go find him a cure, and she has to leave the farm and find a cure for him. Granddad is very adamant about her not doing this, but she doesn't care because she loves her grandfather, and she wants to save him. And he can't do anything about it because he's sick. He's bedridden. Can't do anything about it. Reminds me of Blast from the past. Oddly enough. But I I didn't like this point click adventure. I, I found it to be a bit finicky control-wise. I'm playing on the Xbox. I think it came out on PC a while ago. Visually, it's very children booky, But not a style that I would ever really want to look at for any long periods of time the color palette is very bland and dull it's a very bland and dull game the voice acting is okay you get telekinesis powers pretty early on because apparently I guess your grandfather had them as well, a witch captures you that's how the game starts off when you went off to go find a cure, a witch was following you and then eventually captures you takes you to her tower and one of my biggest problems with the game is that the way puzzles work seemingly, because I was annoyed early on enough by this happening to me twice to not really want to play anymore, is that there are multiple times where you go around an environment, interact with everything, you're not sure what you need to do. And the reason why something wasn't available to you yet was because you needed to interact with this thing, or talk with this thing, so that you would suddenly be able to grab this object or that object or or, or, or so this certain object would be able to be interacted with. There was a time where I tried to open a compartment with a certain object. It didn't work. And then I went around the world or I went around the room and I don't feel like anything new was revealed, but then I went back and tried after checking an FAQ because it said to do what I already did. And I tried it again, and then it did work. And I don't understand why it didn't work the first time, but it worked the second time. And then that happened to me again and uh, not that much longer of time passing. And yeah, just... For me, point-and-click adventures are a really hard game to get right. And so much of what keeps me invested in the ones i do continue playing is the visuals are the visuals i i I will accept some of the finicky nature and convoluted nature of puzzles if i really like the look of a game and in some cases everything's clicking and the puzzles all make sense and everything's working uh machinarium is probably the number one for me uh as a highlight of a game that gets it right on all fronts. But this just has nothing really going for it. I don't care about the story. I don't like the look of it all that much. It's not bad looking or anything. It just didn't do anything for me. And then the puzzles were getting on my nerves. So yeah. Anna's quest just it's not for me. I I don't think it's a it's a bad game. I just think it's a very Average, traditional, everything you'd expect out of a point and click adventure, point and click adventure game. There's nothing special. The telekinesis stuff is annoying because, in certain cases, when I check the FAQ again, it's just like, okay, use telekinesis on this. I'm like, what well, is telekinesis going to be this fucking solution for everything? Because there was a thing where it's like, okay, you don't know how, you can't do this, you can't do that. Oh, just use telekinesis to break the fucking thing open. All right, all right great. Why can't I just use it on everything? I I was able to fucking bust open this door using telekinesis, but I can't open this stupid box with it. Where's your logic game? Uh, but yeah, disappointed in this quest. Uh, anywho, that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again. I am Marcus Nez. You all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and Attack the Backlog, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also watch me streaming weeknights from 8 p.m. Central to 11 p.m. Central over at twitch.tv slash PX Sausage. I think this week is just going to be a break. And I'm going to just keep playing Apex throughout the rest of the week because it just feels like that. It feels like I need a break from Backlog Games and I need to finish up these scripts and I don't need more games to be messing with my head while I'm trying to finish up the scripts the games I've already finished. So that's another reason why I, I'm probably going to do that. But yeah, still enjoying the old streaming life. Getting very close to 100 followers. So if you want to help me get ever so closer to it, uh, that would be lovely as well. And yeah, if you'd like to check out the videos I make, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage, check out Attack the Backlog there, and maybe other things in the future. But currently, it's just the home of Attack the Backlog. I do want to get to other things, but it's just about managing my time. And right now, I don't have much time at all to get things done uh, as I would like. So uh, yeah. But that is, again, youtube.com slash pixelatedsausage. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go back to the site, pixelatedsausage.com. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye!